Welcome to Expanding Your Faith with Bishop Gregory Godsey and Father Matthew Schnabel. Expanding Your Faith looks at modern faith and spirituality questions, as well as conducts interviews with movers and shakers in different and varied faith traditions. Our broadcast is brought to you by the hardworking staff at the Office of Communications and Media Relations in the Old Catholic Churches International. Stay tuned as we work on expanding your faith. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Expanding Your Faith. I'm Bishop Greer, and joining me this evening for our wonderful roundtable, we've got uh, kind of a surprise for everyone. We had an impromptu roundtable for tonight. <laughs> so um, joining us is um, Reverend Mark from the uh, Metropolitan Community Church of Our Redeemer in Augusta, Georgia. Hello, Reverend Mark. Good evening. Good to be here. And uh, his boyfriend, Dylan, is joining us this evening. Hello. And uh, Father Matt is with us from St. Francis Parish and Outreach. Good evening. And, of course, you all know who I am. I'm the ever-present voice of Bishop Greer. Um, And so tonight we're just going to do a bunch of question and answers. So we'll have some uh, Q&A from our studio audience on TikTok and you now. Uh, as soon as the trolls die off some and we can turn the comments back on. And uh, <laughs> and uh, we'll also just kind of be uh, discussing uh, a bunch of different uh, topics, whatever comes to mind this evening. Reverend Mark has one he's going to start us off with. So, uh, Reverend Mark, what was your question? Mike, again, it's been debated. Uh, again, it's been debated for so long. I wonder if y'all have the answer to this one. So does the toilet paper roll up or under? Well, the, <laughs> well, the U.S. patent for toilet paper back in 1800 and something shows that the toilet paper is supposed to be over. Over. So if you do it any other way, you know, many fights have broken out over. It's over. There's only one right answer. And, and I get so angry when I go into the restroom. Uh-huh. And the toilet paper is against the wall. Uh-huh. It's running under. So, you heard it here. I, I guess that's our final answer. Over. Over, yes. Over. So, what a what a amazing question to <laughs> start our evening. No, I'd even take it. But the question, but the question is, does it need to be folded in a triangle? <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh lord! I think well, that's taken. Only if you're in a four or five star. <laughs> Well, it kind of depends, Jason. We'll take any question uh, if I feel it's appropriate, uh, but religious questions as well. And Future says the toilet paper thing depends on if you have kids, puppies, or cats. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yes, I will. I will go with that. I will give you that because uh, it is it, the over does seem to be more tempting to cats than the under. True. true so. True. And Diamond says under because they're left-handed. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I'll give you that. Sorry. Sorry. So much for the religious questions. <laughs> yes. Uh, so we'll take any questions. Go ahead and type them in the window there. Uh, please keep them respectful. Um, uh, I would hate to have to uh, turn off uh, the comments during our podcast. That will make it very uh, awkward for us to just sit here and look at each other. Who is the head of the Old Catholic Church? 
we don't really have uh, a head per se, like a pope. Um, each jurisdiction tends to have their own presiding bishop who is in charge of their particular jurisdiction in Old Catholicism. Uh, I am the presiding bishop of our um, jurisdiction, but there are many other uh, jurisdictions out there that have their own presiding bishops uh, as well. Um, let's switch to you now for a moment. I have a question with Rev if you have... Um, if you have one wish, what will it be and why? That's for you. What was the question? I'm so sorry. What was the question again? Uh, if you have one wish, what would it be and why? Oh, my goodness. Um, probably that I would... Uh, probably if I had one wish is that God would empower me with heavenly wisdom. I mean, I know that sounds super maybe basic or whatever, but that God would just give me that heavenly, godly wisdom. I don't know if my brain can handle all of it at once, <laughs> but because, um, uh, you know, wisdom taught that is the principal thing. That's right. And um, wisdom, there's a huge difference between a lot of knowledge and wisdom. And uh, I'm sure we've met a lot of people that have tons of knowledge, but Zippo in the wisdom. <laughs> yes. Um, but um, yeah, that, that would be mine. That's a good answer. Um, what is the oldest known recorded religion or the first known religion? Um, well, the oldest recorded religion happens to be Zoroastrianism. Um, and it dates back, um, uh, five, six thousand years at least. It's also um, the oldest monotheistic religion. But, um, we do know that there were indigenous pagan religions that predate that, they're just not written down. Um, so as far as the first written recollection of um, religion, it's it's actually Zoroastrianism, but like I said, paganism predates that uh, as the oldest religion uh, practiced. Uh, let's see, is there a convention of old Catholic churches at times? Uh, there are. Uh, throughout the United States and the world, there are conventions of old Catholic churches at times, yes. Um, Father Matt, what is yes. the difference between the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit? Translation. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. One is King James Version and the other is every other version known to man. So. <laughs> or, or which church you're sitting in at the time they read that passage of Scripture. It depends on if you're an 8 o'clock in the morning Episcopalian or a 10.30 in the af in the morning Episcopalian. Very true. <laughs> my, my upbringing was, was all Holy Ghost. Yes. <laughs> Very true. Were Adam and Eve real people or just metaphorical story? Well... You ask a hundred ministers, you'll get a hundred different answers on that one. Um, but I, uh, 
I personally believe that they were metaphorical stories, uh, not actual real people. But I believe most of the Old Testament is metaphorical. Uh, it was meant to convey a message, not necessarily to um, uh, relay actual historical events. Anybody else want to weigh in on that one? I, I have a, uh, I think it's a mixture for me. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> I believe that it's uh, actual. Uh, and I think there are some metaphorical stuff in there for us. Uh, I've, I've had that question asked many times in our congregation. And I just say, about on the long lines of what you just said, Bishop, and if, if it's actual events, great. If it's metaphorical, wonderful. But what's the message that this passage is trying to teach us? What are the things that are trying to teach I mean, we know that there are some historical uh things in scripture that are accurate but um, there are some things that are debated but I think what is the passage telling us what is it trying to relate to us from uh, from God's heart yeah above all isn't that the most important thing of the Bible is just what the message is like what it speaks to you it doesn't I think if it's historical fact that's kind of background information or like a kind of to filter in your own way and then the message is what you actually should Absolutely. And my, I agree. And my professor answer yes. and how I actually teach it? Yes. It's both. It's both. There you go. Because there's a certain element to where Moses was trying to convey the history of his people mm -hmm. to the people mm -hmm. so that they could recite it in a way that the world would know them. Yep. But also in a way that God has always had a plan moving on and forward. So very good. It has to be both if that for that to occur, for it to be an actual telling of history as well as why does God need this grand design and plan for Israel. So maybe problem man just Period. Drop yeah. that knowledge. That's right. There you go. I, was, I would say drop the mic, but these are new, so don't. We're not dropping don't, the mic. Don't, don't <laughs> drop. No mic drops tonight. <laughs> um, can the Holy Trinity be confirmed by the original text, or was it something that was added in the newer translations? Um, the Holy Trinity is one of those things that has been widely debated throughout the history of the church. Um, and so depending on who you ask, you're going to get, it's another one of those, you get a hundred different answers from a hundred different pastors. But um, it does go back to uh, Genesis. And uh, the scripture says that God said, let us create man in our image. And the fact that we believe that, you know, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit uh, were together in that, those moments in the early, earliest moments of creation, and um, so we believe, you know, that the Trinity is confirmed by Scripture in that aspect. And Jesus kind of speaks to it too. You know, he speaks to his Father. Um, you know, he speaks of himself being part of the Godhead. And then he speaks of sending the Holy Spirit, uh, the Comforter, to come uh, as they are all three, um, uh, you know, part of the divine Godhead. Uh, and a follow-up to that, Fred says, wasn't us back 
than the other gods spoke of in the Old Testament. Not necessarily, Fred. Not necessarily. Um, okay. Does the oldest religion mean that it's the true religion? Uh, no, not necessarily. Uh, again, uh, I personally don't believe that there is one true religion. I believe that all religions point us towards the divine and towards uh, God, and that God is the same God in every religion, just revealed to different people at different times in different ways. In the way that they needed to hear in that time and what resources they had and the fitting the socio-economic at all. <laughs> yes. Anyone else want to dive into that one? So... Just because Zoroastrianism is the first religion, or the first monotheistic religion, doesn't necessarily mean that all the others that preceded it or came after it are wrong. They all... What, what do all religions have in common? They all point us to goodness and how to treat one another. So... To me, it doesn't matter as long as we're all focused on the same goal, which is to bring peace and harmony and betterness of oneself, then how you choose to express that in religious context is null. So, yeah. Uh, do you think different Catholic churches can be reunited under one? Not as long as human beings and ego are involved. <laughs> in a perfect world. <laughs> yes, in a perfect world, but not. And I think, to buddy off of that, I think that there are so many divisions within current thought when it comes to theology as well as social policies in the Catholic Church that it would be almost impossible until we got some kind of you can be autonomous but be part of us you can be this and be part of us clauses but the magisterium won't do that very so. true that's good because you got too many you got too many people that love power mm -hmm. and political power even in churches unfortunately i'll tell you a good precursor to look for that it that would come close is if the magisterium would agree to, to dissolve itself and become a conciliar church. But that's, again, you run into the problem of the curia and the magisterium wanting to run everything. Yeah. Um, why do people say the Bible endorses slavery? Um, well, because there are scriptures in which God <coughs> talks about the uh, proper way to treat people that are enslaved but we first must understand one thing slavery and scripture and slavery 300 years ago in the United States are two different things uh, the slavery in the Bible was more of an indentured servitude someone who owed someone money and was working to pay off the debt versus a slavery that was forced upon people because they were taken from their land and forced to be slaves. Not considered even a human being. <laughs> That's right. And there's also, uh, God says, a requirement that every seven years, all slaves, even those captured in battle, uh, had to be freed. 
So it was not a lifelong slavery like we had 300 years ago in the United States where someone would be a slave for all of their life, their children would be slaves, and their children's children would be slaves. They were freed after seven years of slavery and were given the ability to then set up their own lives and their own households and, and do as they saw fit. So it's not the same kind of slavery. So the Bible doesn't necessarily endorse slavery. It speaks of how you treat slaves equitably. Anyone want to jump in on that? 100%. And I think you see Scripture speaking to the society of the time and what was going on and what was acceptable in that time period. And uh, just as I believe that Scripture moves away from the... uh, patriarchy mindset towards embracing all of us being equal, all of us being welcome at the family of God and um, because we see throughout scripture uh, God allowing women to break the barriers of that mindset so kind of in the same vein of what you were saying with the slavery, God getting involved in it and certainly Scripture always gives light to societal things. Uh, Diamond says, is Peter the first pope? No. No. <laughs> oh. If you go scripturally, uh, James would have been the first pope. Because he was the one to actually call the council at Jerusalem into session. Um, and so he would have been the first pope uh, in that sense of things. Uh, not Peter, but Peter's always been tagged as the first pope uh, because the Roman Catholic Church thinks they are uh, the bee's knees. I mean, it's right there in Acts. James led the church. James was making all the decisions for the church. Show James. Jesus' brother. That's right. Or at least step bro. <laughs> Um, okay let's see I like that question are there sins that can't be forgiven by God Um, yes and no we're kind of skipping around a little bit but uh, um, that's okay because there have been a lot of questions that have come in so uh, it's kind of hard to to keep up with all of them Uh, are there sins that can can't be forgiven by God. There are no sins that cannot be forgiven by God. Now, there are sins that maybe God chooses not to forgive. Um, Jesus says that there's only one, and that is denying the power of the Holy Spirit, which a lot of people do on a regular basis nowadays. Um, But that is the one sin, Jesus says, is that God will not forgive. I don't either. And honestly, I don't buy into the whole thing with the different weights of sin. Sin is sin. So, uh, Slanger joined us late. For those that are joining us late, uh, this is a roundtable of myself, Bishop uh, Greer, an old Catholic bishop, Father Matt, who is uh, an old Catholic priest. Uh, Just say hello so they hear your voice. Hello. 
and then Reverend Mark uh, from the Metropolitan Community Church of Our Redeemer in Augusta. Greetings. Hello, hello. And Dylan, uh, Reverend Mark's boyfriend. Hello. Uh, so that's who we all are. Uh, I'm not skipping questions. That we just kind of are getting some that are a little bit further down uh, as we go along. Um, let's see. Are you Christian? I am a Christian. So is Reverend Mark? Yes. Yeah, I consider myself a Christian. And so is Father Matt. Um, really? <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, we're all Christians here. Um, Dude. In the Catholic Church, can one say a prayer to God for forgiveness or must it go through a priest? Yeah, you can say a prayer and ask for forgiveness from God. Absolutely. Forgiveness, to me, is a very personal thing. So. Um, the priest is just your therapist. Yeah. And he's the one giving you reassurance of God's blessing. It's not necessarily... Voila. Uh, that is not a map flag. That is a progressive pride flag. So, thanks. If you see a map flag, I'll, 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 I'll pull it up for you just to show you. Um, let's see. I don't think worship of Mullet pointed them towards love, though, right? Uh, every religion points towards love in some way or another. Um, it is, you know, just different ways of doing that. Um, so it is not necessarily the same as Christianity, but all religions point towards love in one respect or another. Is switching from Christianity to another religion viewed as sinful? Depends on who you ask. <laughs> I'm going to point a line that uh, Pilate asked Jesus in the Gospels. What is truth? What is your truth? If Christianity does not answer to you and what your truth is, then find what is your truth. And whatever brings you closest to divinity to me. Very true. Whatever that may be for you is right for you. Uh, Satanism points towards love, yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, because if you ask a lot of Satanists, I mean, they don't actually believe in the devil. They just, it's just what they're called. <laughs> Is the Bible infallible? Uh, again, it's one of those questions, if you ask a hundred ministers, you get a hundred different answers. Um, I believe that the original... Um, you know, Hebrew and Greek uh, versions of the Bible are infallible. Uh, the um, English translations that we have today, no. And not necessarily, because they have strayed from the original Hebrew and Greek. Um, all right, let's take care of Lazarus, please, uh, future. <clears throat> What sin got Satan kicked out of heaven? Arrogance. Did he think he was like just as powerful and um, on 
on the same level as God, and that's what put He did, and He also refused to accept the creation of humanity um, as uh, being um, uh, that the angels were supposed to minister to humans. Um, and so uh, he refused to accept them as uh, God's creation, as something that they needed to uh, do what God said to do and to minister and take care of them. And so um, God said, you know what? If you're not going to do what I tell you to do, then go. Bye. <laughs> That's right. Hit the road, Jack. Bye, Don't girl. you come back. No more, no more, no more, no more. <laughs> I think it's a pretty good explanation of that, don't you? Greed, arrogance, jealousy. There you go. The same things that humans are plagued with, angels are plagued with too. Mm-hmm. That's right. How comforting. Does that mean <laughs> if we are arrogant, we can't go to heaven? If you refuse to uh, repent from your arrogance, yes. Am I going to start giving Hebrew lessons? <laughs> <laughs> We'll have to think about that a little bit. Um, Revelations thirteen eighteen. I have to look that up. Hang on. Uh, Sounds about close to the Jezebel <laughs> stuff. Revelations thirteen eighteen. This calls for wisdom. Let anyone with understand ca- understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of the person. Yep. Its number is 666. Okay. Um, and you want me to explain it. So, uh, what John is talking about here is essentially Nero, which uh, in numerology, Nero, the, the original um, Greek translation of this verse says the number is 616, not 666. Uh, For some reason it got muddled in in the English translations. But uh, if you do the numerology, 616 actually is the name Nero in uh, Jewish form of numerology. And so um, uh, John was actually speaking of, of Nero at the time when he was speaking of of the beast and everything that he claimed that the beast would do Nero ended up doing in his lifetime setting up the abomination in the temple ultimately destroying the temple you know that kind of thing guess who the woman was go ahead tell us Nero's mother there you go um, does a human spirit lose free will upon entering heaven? That's one for Reverend Mark. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no. Um, God uh, obviously reigned that inside of us and placed that inside of us. And I believe when we get into heaven that there are, we talked about this not too long ago, <laughs> that each person will have... That's why I called on you. <laughs> yeah. That each person will have things that we do, that there is such a, a vastness to God and creation as a whole, <clears throat> that, uh, you know, each according to how we were designed, that we'll be um, 
responsible for things. Uh, there's a, a alluding to that in Scripture where you see that people have things and there are things that they, that they do there. Um, there's a uh, misrepresentation that, you know, when I go to heaven, that God is preparing this big old mansion for me and that this mansion will be a physical, you know, the actual translation of the, the mansions, the word dwellings. Mm -hmm. You'll be in a place of dwelling. You'll be in a place of belonging. Covering. Covering. And, uh, I, you know, I think, uh, you know, that, that shows us that we'll be in a belonging place. Mm -hmm. And that we'll each um, be performing certain things that are dear to us. Those, you know, those God-given desires that are inside of us. So. Yeah, and why would God give give us gifts here to use on earth if He didn't intend us to use them in heaven? Yeah, there are certain so, things that we won't have to do there because you know, we won't have to be sorry pointing, pointing Jesus or pointing everywhere to Jesus because you know obviously that will not be me. We won't have to be preaching against. Yeah, it's not a cult <laughs> racism up there because yeah. we'll it realize we'll realize how off we were and that. We're all God's creation, so. But we and all may we may get to be the heavenly deacons of the altar for God That's in heaven. Kind of, never know. Um, I want to flip over to Fred for a minute. He's been waiting patiently. What is the apocrypha, and why are we? Why what are they removed from the Bible? Go ahead. Great Father. question. <laughs> so the apocrypha are the books of the Bible that. The, that theologians, when the council that created the canon came together, decided that they weren't necessary, they didn't contain information that was necessary for salvation, but they could still point us in the right direction, essentially. And during the Catholic canon has some of the apocryphal texts, the Orthodox canon has all of it, including a Baal and the Dragon and a lot of the other stuff that the Catholics have squabbled over and removed. And that remained the case until the Protestant Reformation when Luther decided this is stupid and we're going to take it all out. So. Textbook over there. Textbook. He's, he's got it all memorized. I love it. So someone asked, would it be uh, arrogant then to not accept that Jesus is the only way to heaven. Um, well, this is a matter of perspective when it comes to arrogance. Um, because I could say easily that it's arrogance to believe out of all the religions that exist, and many that have existed well prior to Christianity, that saying Jesus is the only way and that everybody else is going to hell is arrogant. So, I think it's a matter of perspective. And again, going back to what we said earlier, you know, um, I believe that, uh, um, uh, I personally believe that uh, all religions point us to the divine and all religions are valid. So, you know, to say that 
Jesus is the absolute only way, and that you know all the billions of people that have existed outside of Christianity are going to hell is very arrogant. Um, in my book, so what about John fourteen six? He's speaking to specific people about following him. So there you go. And we have to remember that Jesus was brought here to prove and to show us how the kingdom of God was supposed to function because, you know, hundreds and thousands of years worth of man getting involved in the worship of God had derailed it um, from pointing people to that relationship that God desired. And um, Christ teaches us the relationship between God many times look at the story that, uh, that he's told of the, the prodigal coming back after um, <clears throat> being gone and how he was welcomed by his parent and so that, that, that shows us the mindset of our creator and um, yeah I, and then how we were to treat one another I mean that was one of Jesus's main thrusts is how do we how does the kingdom of God go relational towards the Creator, and then how does the kingdom of God work towards each other? Because there was a huge disconnect with both. Um, I don't believe Jesus was lying when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I believe that Jesus was speaking about his teachings being the way, the truth, and the life. The message that he was giving us is the way, the truth, and the life. And I believe that anyone who teaches those, um, that message is teaching that same way, truth, and life. Um, so, and there are many religions out there that teach the very same teachings Jesus taught, just in a slightly different way to a different group of people. Well, the kingdom's not a place. It's a system in which right. God institutes. That's why the kingdom of God is here inside of us. And what did Jesus say? The kingdom is where? Inside it's inside of us. of us. And so that's why it's important to let out that kingdom and populate the world with it. Um, and some religions, a lot of religions, teach that um, those principles, uh, and I think probably unknowingly, <laughs> um, that that's what, but that's what they're teaching, is that system. Well, it's very interesting, Slanger, that you asked this. Uh, you need a round table with Independent Baptist and Church of God. <laughs> uh, Reverend Mark's history is that he originally came from the Church of God. Oh, yeah. And I have been to many a Baptist church in my lifetime. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I am, you know, you're talking to people that uh, have a wide breadth and depth of, of religious experience here. So, uh, If you could meet any three people, dead or alive, who would they be? Oh, wow. Um, well, I would like to meet J.R.R. Tolkien. Mm -hmm. um, I would probably like to meet oh man, three I don't know. The great Buddha is probably one of them. Mm -hmm. I'd like to, to know how he managed to 
morph himself from thin to fat and back again so easily. Uh, Lots of fasting. Lots of fasting, yeah. Uh, I'm already going to see Jesus when I get to heaven, so I mean... You'll meet him one? No, that's not... But you may meet the Buddha there, too. I might, yeah. I might meet the Buddha, too. Um, I don't know. I don't know who my third person... What about you, Reverend Mark? I would love to meet uh, the prophet Isaiah. Okay. I would like to meet uh, Abraham Lincoln. I think he would be an interesting person. Um, uh, Jesus. I mean, I would. I mean, that's. And then, if I can do a runner-up, uh, uh, Paul, just to meet how. Meet the crazy Apostle Paul, <laughs> because I just think he's—he's just—I think he's one of those people that love to mess with folk, and um, so yeah, I uh, those those would be mine. What about you, Dylan? Um, I'd love to meet Freddie Mercury. Oh God, um, yes, yes, Freddie Mercury, <laughs> uh, Leonardo da Vinci. Ah, da Vinci, yeah, good choice. Yeah. Yeah, so it's all, you know, I'd like to think I'd meet Jesus. Um, uh, I'll just think on that. I don't know the third person. Father Matt? I have a I have an obscure one oh, <laughs> that you'll know, but some of our fan base may not know, but okay. Hildegard. Oh, yeah, I think Hildegard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> probably... I'd like to meet Chesterton just to see, like, what the hell uh, he yes. was thinking for half the time. Because a lot of his stuff is, like, so obscure and out there, but it's, like, funny at the same time. And Michelangelo. Not the Ninja Turtle, the artist. <laughs> um, oh, Betty White. Betty White, yes. <laughs> Betty White. Yes. I guess a second runner-up for me would be Dr. King. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, yes Dr. Yes. King. Yes. So, um... Well, and Kat, who asked the question, said they want to meet Marilyn Monroe, uh, Billie Holiday, and Nelson Mandela. Yes. Oh, Mandela's good. Nelson would be good. That's a great choice. Yes, there you go. Besides for the Mandela effect. <laughs> <laughs> um, Listen, none of us are perfect, so we have to, <laughs> have to chalk it up to that. That's true. So, Clad says, do you think God appears to different people frequently like a beggar asking for food, etc.? We'll start with Reverend Mark. Uh, I, you know, if you're putting it in that context, uh, we know that Scripture teaches us that angels appear to us unaware. So, an extension of God, obviously. And um, I believe God's Spirit can appear to people in great times of need. So, yeah, I believe that. Uh, I personally haven't, that I know of, unless I've had an angel appear unaware. I don't know that I've had God appear to me. I I know I've, I've had things happen inside of my heart that I knew God reminded me of keeping me from taking my life or harming myself in moments like that. So, I think so, yeah. Um, I personally believe that you t- 
talk and meet with God every single day when you like talk with people because you know we are his creation so we're an extension of him so I think especially when you're in times of struggle for some reason just like one person just has that one thing that just resonates with you um, or you're just walking about your day and all of a sudden you see something that just triggers something inside of you so you know I, I believe you meet him every single day there you go ditto I don't know how to theologically phrase it better. Yeah, (laughs) the theological ditto. Yes, I'm right there with you. Yeah, way to go. (laughs) And that is true. There's so many times that God with us, God inside of us, speaks through other people, and them not knowing it, and not the proverbial "Oh, God said," and so I need to go tell you. Yeah, I believe that can happen. But the, perver- the, the moments when people were, have said things to me that have pulled me out of deep, dark places, I believe were God's sins, and they didn't even know it. Yeah. And, um, um, yes. You know, Jesus taught us, don't worry about your words and your time, because I'll give you the things to say. Which how many times that's happened when I go into meeting with somebody, I'm like, oh, I have no idea what I'm going to say to this person. And they walk away and like, oh, everything you said is what I needed. And I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Because <laughs> I knew it wasn't me. I knew That's it wasn't right. me. Or the church mother coming to you telling you to take a vacation. The church mother, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Correct. Yes. Yes. And she is a saint. She, she should be brought up for sainthood. That's for sure. That's right. Amen. Fred says, what do you think of media? Are there people that can see and talk to these spirits? It's a good question. Anybody want to take a hit? Um, I think you have to be careful because, one, I believe contact with the spirit realm is a real thing. Uh, because, first, I believe, as Dylan was alluding to, I believe that the spirit of God... Um, speaks to us and that's in the spirit realm obviously angels come and speak to humanity uh, and so that uh, is is uh, important and I think it comes back to the the uh, heart desire of what you're trying to do to speak to a spirit or to the spirit realm if you will are you doing it out of um, trying to manipulate a situation or a person? Are you doing it because you want to control something or to be, oh, I'm a, I'm, I have the ability to speak to that which is not seen and have an arrogance there? So I, I think it's a cautious thing that we should, should be aware of. Sure. Uh, and um, to say that people don't or can't, I don't think that they can't. I think that, uh, and I think people do. Uh, I think there's a whole unseen world that we don't know about, and uh, I believe there's the ability to contact it, but I think it has to be done with the right heart and the intention of helping people. Certainly, and I would piggyback on that in saying that, you know, throughout Scripture it's mentioned, Mm -hmm. you know, that there were mediums, and... Uh, in both good and bad contexts, right. you know, there were mediums that 
you know, use their abilities for evil, for bad things, and there were mediums that used them for good things. For money. For money. Uh, the other ones that used it for money were, you know, the ones that did bad things typically. And there were mediums that, uh, and, and we typically uh, use a different term for them in Christianity. <laughs> we call them prophets sometimes. Because, believe it or not, prophets and mediums are essentially the same thing. You know, they, they are able to speak to the uh, spirit world and the things that uh, uh, go on there and their past messages, both from the divine and from, you know, angels and other beings that, you know, to help others. And so, um, I so... I think Dr. King would be considered a modern-day prophet sure as hearing that in the spirit realm of things that needed to change yes and he was uh, an agent of that change certainly to bring that about and hearing the shift in the winds in the spirit realm so i definitely agree with that yeah and i think there are good and bad mediums and good and bad prophets i mean you know similarly harvey milk so yeah. yeah 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 Uh, What do you all think of Enoch? Think about Enoch. Like the book of Enoch? The book of Enoch or the person? I mean, the person I hear was kind of groovy until he stood everybody up. He's a chill dude. Ghosted. He's the first one. He's the first one that did the grinder ghost. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. The original, uh, so the book of Enoch. That's yeah, they were, the yeah. Book of Enoch. Our theologian down there. <laughs> it's the one that we all kind of glaze over. Um, <laughs> no, seriously. I remember my seminary textbook um, for Old and New Testament. Enoch, we literally just had like a blurb that big of mm-hmm. on there. Because it kind of was just like, eh. It provided some historical information, but that was about it. Well, and so... The book of Enoch is not in all, uh, right? You know, it's Christian. that it's that apocryphal book. Correct. Yeah. 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 So, so that wouldn't be found in the your scripture. Protestant canon. Correct. Correct. Canon. <laughs> it's not canon. Well, in the book <laughs> of Enoch, that's literally what you say. It's not canon. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, the book of Enoch is kind of interesting. I mean, it it speaks a, a lot about mm-hmm. angels and demons, and it speaks a lot about. Uh, uh, things in the in the spiritual realm, and um, it speaks a lot about the Nephilim. It does. And, uh, it was kind of Dante's source material. Yeah. 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 No, I actually really like the idea of the Book of Enoch because you know I think angels are kind of slept on a little bit because just as much mm. as we are the children of God, angels are the children of God. They're like our big or bigger, powerful siblings that you know we kind of don't really reach out too much as we used to so True. I really do like I like the idea of it and so I think that it's a it's a good book for context and understanding I don't know that I would build a lot of theology on it <laughs> but it's definitely a good read and I think that people who read it with an understanding that this is part of context of everything else that we know in scripture and kind of a you know context for some of the things that maybe are left hanging, like uh, Reverend Mark mentioned the Nephilim. You know, it's it's mentioned in Genesis for like twenty seconds, right. 
and then you never hear about them again. So, I mean, uh, Enoch kind of goes on to explain some of that. So, if you take it with kind of a grain of salt and read it, I think it's great. Uh, I think there are a lot of people nowadays that are using it as source material for new religious ideas. <laughs> well, the, um, and TV shows. And TV well, shows, yeah. yeah. Josephus, the Jewish historian, who a lot of people learn a lot from, I, I reference him a good bit in my studies, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He, he quotes the Book of Enoch, and Jasher, mm-hmm. Book of Jasher. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, obviously it was um, known during his time period and used. Well, so was Tobit, right. and a lot of those similar things. I like Tobit. Tobit's actually it's kind of it kind of reminds me of I think Tolkien used some of it to build Frodo off of a little bit. I'm having a brain block here. Jash is the book of Jasher in y'all's No. No, that's Orthodox canon though. That's an interesting read. I've never even heard about that. Uh, do you okay? We got about ten minutes left. Uh, do you believe there are any planets with intelligent life? Absolutely. Yeah. How arrogant to, of us to say we're the only ones. And that goes yeah. back to that discussion we had. Whoa. Well, okay. As a physics person, I can kind of explain this one. <laughs> I think the reason why like we don't see other intelligent life is because I mean it's kind of obvious. Like space is massive. Yes. And you know, like the idea of space travel, it's like there's so many things that are involved with that for it to be safe and efficient like you know we have to get around this first block of like um if we were to travel at the speed of like speed of light or something in a in a, in a spaceship or something um there's so many particles that are you know in the like space of space <laughs> and if you were to travel fast without protection um traveling at the speed of light that friction could blow you up so it's like you know you, there's probably very little um, civilizations out there that have mastered that and yes. then you know it's like again it's like a light year is like already over 1.6 trillion miles so and most things like the closest star system is like four like light years away so it's like it's everything so far away it's just that's probably why we haven't you know, met with other intelligent life so that's my thoughts. although I'm beginning to wonder about Dylan here <laughs> yeah I'm at the world <laughs> no um we talked about the other night how when God spoke and creation came and that that creation is still going forward yeah, right now. That's right. And I believe that's one thing that we'll see when we enter into that eternal realm of heaven is, uh, you know, exploring that creation that continues to go. That's right. So for our last question um, of the night, we're going to go to Fred. Uh, pagan witches make things like wreaths to protect them against evil. They make pulpery and little bags to hang on doors, knobs, and soak in a bath. They call these things spells. Is it good or bad based on your intent, or is it pagan witchcraft either way? Well, that's a good question. Who wants to take a stab at it? What's your intent? Yeah, I think everything is about intention when it comes to those things. Um, like how we were talking about with prophecies, like it, it can be used for good or evil. Um, I think yeah, even Christians back then still used to use um, like offerings and 
um, physical manifestations to represent whatever they're trying to believe in and adhere to for the community or for themselves. Um, so, I don't know, just like, every everybody likes to have their, like, we have Christmas trees, we have um, uh, a whole bunch of plethora of things that represent um, to us symbols of our beliefs, our intentions, our spirit, whatever. I'll take it a step further. Yes. We claim to not worship our ancestors, but us as Orthodox and Catholics, we put bones of dead people up in our churches and call them relics <laughs> and pray yeah. in yeah. front of them. Well, and even in on the Protestant, <laughs> Protestant side and in my background, <clears throat> intent is huge, um, especially when you're talking about, you know, we talk about the sin of witchcraft and what that means. The witchcraft is the manipulation towards doing what we want and you can have um, places where people pray witchcraft prayers. In other words, I'm going to pray for Father Matt and I'm going to pray that Father Matt does the things that I want Father Matt to do instead of praying God, your will be done for his life. God, show him the direction for his life. See, those are those are the good prayers that we should pray instead of praying. You know, Father Matt should do what I say. Father Matt should do what I think. And so that's the intent of the heart. And by the way, I'm convinced there's people out there that when I first came out, that there were people on their knees praying, "Dear God, change him. Yeah, let him see the light." Yeah, people, people and don't. when it's really supposed to be, God, I hope this is the path that you have for him. Right. Show, show each of us. Our prayers should be show each of us the path that we should be on, the direction. Because who am I to say that I know exactly what God intends for each of you? And that's that's how we should. That's the intent of our heart. So, yeah. Which, by the way, that's very biblical. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah if you think about it, like when preachers are praying <laughs> for their people, that's technically like a a spell it's it's a manifestation and intention out into the universe for your congregation for the people your community um it, it and and a and again cough cough nod nod to liturgical churches that patent in that cup in that bread and that wine mm -hmm. were pagan symbols of fertility mm -hmm. at one point yeah. and we're all has been yeah and when some people Worship the uh, the table of Christ in which we serve communion off of, as opposed to what it stands for. It's a place of communion with God. It represents, and that's not the only place that you commune with God, but it's a representation of God's desire to meet with us. And it's the bridging of heaven and earth with right. that heavenly community and that Here's great cloud of witnesses. Right. So. <laughs> there you go. Good answers. All right, folks, we're going to wrap up the podcast now. Um, again, thank you to Fa uh, Reverend Mark and Dylan and Father Matt for being here tonight. Uh, this has definitely been an exciting uh, podcast. Uh, some good questions. Mm -hmm. And we've had some great questions from our audience. Uh, you all really carried the podcast tonight, so thank you so much. Uh, for those listening, you can always find us on facebook.com forward slash expanding your faith. 
uh, anchor.fm expanding dash your dash faith or wherever you typically find uh, your podcast Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play wherever you find your podcast um, we're still sending out prayers to Bishop Ben our producer who could not be here tonight uh, who is still getting over a COVID he and his wife and so continue to keep them in your prayers and also uh, Bishop James St. George, our bishop in Philadelphia, whose mother is currently in her last sorrow as she uh, prepares for her uh, eventual going home. So keep them all in your prayers as well. Until next week, when we once again attempt to expand your faith, keep shining bright, my friends. <laughs>